Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brian Tripp, the host of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. And I know you're going to love this week's episode. I'm joined by Penn State men's soccer head coach Jeff Cook. We will recap what was an unbelievable 2021 fall season, Penn State winning the Big Ten regular season and tournament championship. We'll also talk to Coach Cook about the circumstances leading up to and impacting their 2021 NCAA tournament opening match against Hofstra. So we'll recap what was a great season and then again, the unfortunate circumstances leading up to their NCAA tournament match. I know you'll enjoy this one. Thanks for stopping by. But without further ado, here's Coach Cook on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Great to have men's soccer head coach Jeff Cook with us for another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Coach, it's great to see you again. Great to be with you. Thanks for your time. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Well, you've had a few weeks now to step back and reflect upon what was a tremendous season winning the Big Ten regular season championship and the Big Ten tournament championship. Now that you've had time to reflect on it, because I know it's so hard in the moment, what sticks out? What sticks out for me in looking back on what was a historic season for our men's soccer program was the resilience and determination of our team from the players who received the majority of the accolades, you know, our Big Ten offensive player of the year, Peter Mangione, right through the entire squad, all the way through to guys that maybe didn't get that many minutes on the field, the unity of this group, the ability to stay focused on our goals long-term, and to weather a lot of challenging circumstances and come through with a great run to capture two Big Ten trophies and leave a mark on our program that is something we can all be really proud of. Uh, we also, I think, built an even stronger connection with our fan base mm-hmm. in the community, our Park Avenue Army, our families, and our alumni, and to share some of the successes we enjoyed this year with that, with our supporters was made things especially memorable for us. Let's go back through it almost chronologically here. What was it like? What was the mindset entering the season? Because your team, after a very strong spring, mm-hmm had set a goal, which was to accomplish the things that you ultimately accomplished. So what was the mindset starting back in August as you approached the season? It was such an interesting experience and year, and I think we spoke about this in the mm-hmm. summer with a very short turnaround than, than what we're used to in a traditional, uh, because we played this the spring season, traditionally we have much longer to prepare. It felt like a continuation almost of one long season. And I think that combine that with the expectations we had from outside looking at results and from within the group about what what people wanted to accomplish it felt like it took a while to hit our groove Mm -hmm. and we were maybe playing at the start with a little bit of you know we just didn't want to lose a little bit tentative a little bit feeling our way around the edges of the season and we didn't really hit full flow we had a couple moments where we would win a few on the road and have a bad result, win a couple, have a bad result. It was very much stop-start. And, you know, looking back, that's why I kind of commented initially on the resilience of yeah. the ability to get through some of that. Um, it felt like we, we wanted something desperately, 
and I believe maybe the first four or five weeks of the season, it was too there was too much focus on the outcome rather than hey, let's be the best team we can be, and if we do that, we'll be a formidable opponent for anyone. I'm glad you mentioned that because each season, no matter what you have returning, and it was awesome to see. Pierre Reedy and Brandon Hackenberg and Dax Hoffman use that extra year of eligibility and come back as senior plus or whatever you're going to label them as, right? But each season and each team, regardless of returning 100% of your offensive production, still takes on its own personality. And I think that in some ways is what your team had to learn, whether it was early in the year in some of those non-conference games where they were finding themselves. But then again in October, there was a stretch where you lost three straight Big Ten games. And then you rely on the leadership of your group. And to look for the long term, we kept the messaging consistent from our, our staff. We were in a race to improve. That was one of our, mm-hmm. we're, we're racing to see how good we can become before the season's over. And even though that, you know, I think back to senior day and we, we lose a game against Indiana where we played very well and it's an unknown goal from a, a senior plus member mm-hmm. of our squad. And <laughs> it, 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 at one hand, it can be demoralizing, but on the other hand, I think we knew, like, look, okay, we lost a game, but really our, our destiny, our, our, the outcome of the Big Ten is still in our hands. Mm-hmm. And then we play Maryland at home, and we find ourselves 2 nothing down. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, and, but that, the response of our group, once they had something they could feel, that it was almost theirs, the intensity of their play, the determination was, was awesome to see. And we grabbed the opportunity with both hands. When your team needed wins at the end of the year, and then you get into a postseason format where if you win, you continue and have a chance to hoist a trophy. Did you sense those experiences that they had throughout the year? Is that when it really started to pay off? Particularly in the last, the last regular season game at Wisconsin and the three Big Ten games were the, the most professional performances of our team that, mm-hmm. that since I've been at Penn State. Very And when I say professional, I mean understanding how to play well with the ball in moments where the game required it, how to be strong defensively to keep the other team off the scoreboard, and to progress through, you know, because really the Wisconsin game was a playoff game in terms of the Big Ten regular student title. And I was very impressed and proud of the maturity of our group and, and the way that they went about handling each of those games one after the other after the other. I think as a fan, sometimes you can look and hear all about the X's and O's. And if you're looking at an opponent, let's just use football for an example. Going against Ohio State, they have three great receivers. How are you going to stop them as the Penn State defense? But in sports, when you can do what your team and focus on what your team does well, and I know this is the case with your soccer team, if you can do what you do well, to their maximum potential, it doesn't really matter what that opponent has. And did your guys buy into that facet as the year went on where, hey, if we just play Penn State soccer, we are not going to lose? Yeah, it's a, that's a great comment, and it could be a segue into some of our discussions around the NCAA game yeah. at some point during our time together this morning. Uh, but th- they bought into it big time. and It's something that we feel really committed to is that we want to give the other team – the problem, you know, mm-hmm. put put it in there, throw the ball to them and say, okay, this is Penn State soccer. Here's what we have in our in our team. Here's our capacity to attack your goal. Here's our threat on set pieces. We've got a great goalkeeper. We've got great back four. You know, can you solve it and put mm-hmm. that challenge to your opponent? And I, I think when you saw us in the Big Ten tournament, especially, I think there was such a, a drive and a fierce commitment to that. It made it really difficult 
and we were playing at home. And yep. I have to say that the, the fan support at Jeffrey Field was far and away the best we've enjoyed in my four years. Obviously, we had some times we had to navigate through COVID, but still the response of our fan base, and that did drive the players forward. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, and I think our sport connects really strongly with, with fans, not that yes. other sports don't, but there is a, a really big bond there between the players in the field and, and those in the stands. And what did it mean then to celebrate a championship with the Park Avenue Army, with the fans, and them coming out on the field to join you in that celebration? Yeah, I will never forget that day. I don't think <laughs> anyone will ever forget it. It's funny, when we were at Wisconsin, there was some mm-hmm. appropriately some talk before the game and the days leading up to the game at Wisconsin. We were on someone else's field, knew that if we won, we get a share of the title, but we needed a result to be outright champions. And it was like, you know, hey, coach, do you want – a mock trophy at Wisconsin so you can celebrate. And I thought I'm super su- superstitious. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> all no, coaches are, <laughs> you know, no, leave that stuff alone. We'll celebrate when we get back. And we were all a part of a great celebration the, the following Monday. So to not have that opportunity, mm-hmm. like in that moment where the whistle blows and you've got it to celebrate, to be able to do it at Jeffrey field, to have the fans rush the field. There's so many great memories of family members, supporters, you know, our leadership team here at, at Penn State to to be able to experience that with people that have supported you so through thick and thin was just a just an incredible moment. One of the highlights of my career for sure. Was there an extra sense of pride? No matter look, the Big Ten's great. No matter who you play, no matter who you beat, it's a tough challenge. But because of what Indiana had accomplished and the way the previous season ended, was there an extra sense of wow, we this is a really significant win for our program because it was against them? If you ask our players, it would be a resounding yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that they had that in their minds and you know, I, I don't believe any of our, our senior pluses or super seniors or yep. grandfathers, however you want to call them, <laughs> uh, they, they had never beaten Indiana. So to do it that way, I think, was special for our group because, look, let's say, you know, we have to recognize Indiana's achievements. It's clear with their NCAA success, with winning the double three years in a row, they had set a standard that, you know, was going to take a heck of an effort to mm-hmm. unseat them. And we, we were able to do that against Indiana. So I think, yes, it's it's significant. But, you know, for me, I wanted us to win the trophy. And whether we had played Indiana or Northwestern, I wouldn't mind it either way. Is there a way to compare and contrast winning a regular season and a tournament championship? Because the regular season is long. And it takes a different set of circumstances, skill, uh, determination, how you handle adversity. There's a yeah. different set to go over a two, three-month span and win a championship sure. and then just put a couple of yeah. games or matches together in a tournament. I agree. And my personal coaching philosophy or my belief is that the regular season is the one mm-hmm. it's it's done over time uh you know i i've felt this way i think for student athletes for fans tournaments are very exciting teams can go on the run you mentioned somebody can have a a, a couple upsets yep. and get themselves in a great position which is uh, inspirational part of sports i don't want to discredit that mm-hmm. iowa women's soccer did it just in the spring sure sure yeah. those are great examples and I, I think for those student athletes the coaching staff they deserve a lot of credit mm-hmm. for being able to do that However, I do feel what you do over the course of time to weather the challenges that a season brings and to do it over the regular season is, is very special. And I completely agree with you. I always felt the same way. To win a regular season, especially in the Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference, every team is tough. There is no day off. Way back to the history of the conference and the pride 
each school has in its athletic departments and its programs. I think it's just something about the Big Ten, too, that makes that regular season and winning that. Man, that says something about your your team and your program. Yeah, I agree. I love this conference. And to go, you know, I love playing here at home and being, I think we have an incredible campus. Mm -hmm. One of the most iconic athletic departments. We've talked about this many times. But I also enjoy traveling to our yeah. Our opponents, there's some great facilities in this conference, wonderful schools, and it just it is really special to to do it because you have to win your games at home and on the road in the regular season to ultimately lift that regular season championship. So take me into the week leading up to the NCAA tournament. You have a bye in the first round, a sure. national seed at 12, taking yeah. on Hofstra, but what happened in the week leading up to it that yeah. maybe fans don't really know about? Yeah, we've we addressed this a little bit with our alumni through you know, mm-hmm. our, our RCS work and, and with our families and with our own team, we went from the highest of highs celebrating, you know, two Big Ten titles on that Sunday against Indiana to, to the lowest of lows. And ironically, uh, having endured COVID and we continue to endure the, the threat mm-hmm. of, of COVID-19, uh, even as we speak today. We're still wearing uh, our masks. We're still wearing our masks <laughs> and doing the podcast through our masks. Uh the previous week leading up to the Indian game, we had, we had a reserve player who had been ill, non-COVID, uh, flu-like symptoms, and was out of training. The week leading up to uh, the Hofstra game in the NCAAs, we, on the Monday, we heard we were the number 12 seed in the, in the, uh, in the country. Mm-hmm. Very excited to be able to play home. And unfortunately, that same day, uh, we were notified by our trainer that two more players had, had become ill with cold and flu symptoms. And each day subsequent to that, we added to that that illness list up to a total of 12 players being out with flu-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, they were um, not COVID. However, the, ser- the symptoms were almost more severe than some COVID-positive cases that we, uh, that we encountered. And high fever, stomach issues. So essentially, you know, we... We took a day off Tuesday, and then Wednesday and Thursday, we had about seven field players each day at practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did some walkthroughs in Haluba leading up to the game. On the Sunday and the hours leading up to the game, our medical team did an, just a heroic job of trying to get our group back on the field to include IVs for eight student athletes. Um, and we took to the field knowing we were severely undermanned. And the result showed, and you know, at this state at that stage of the season, in NCAA play, you mentioned this earlier in our conversation, you know, one team wins and goes on and the other team season is over. And that's mm-hmm. the reality. And we can't get away from that. Um, but it wasn't our team in the weeks leading up to that. Yeah. And I know you're not one to make excuses and no one is one to make an excuse in that situation. And Hofstra is a tremendous team absolutely. and deserves absolutely everything that they earned in that match. But what was the mindset of the guys afterwards? Was there a sense of extreme disappointment just to know that they weren't at their best yeah, to was, get that far? I want to keep it in the context of real life. You know, yeah. it's, it's a game. <laughs> yeah. But devastating is not too strong of a word. It, the mm-hmm. players were devastated. And I think there was a sense of we just, this is Penn State, and we take representing this university very seriously. And a scoreline like that is not a fair reflection on who we are, whether we would have beaten Hofstra at full strength. Um, who knows? As you mentioned, they have a great track record and, and deserve to be in the position they were in and, and to advance. But it was so it just hurt so much to go from winning five games in a row to close the regular season. I think we conceded two goals in that period. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you concede eight. 
And I think that's, that's so hard to accept. Uh, and I think all of us had sleepless nights. And I, I referred to this earlier, um, leading up to that, we had thought about all kinds of things like, you know, an extreme end, you know, potentially if, if I wouldn't say this lightly, if we had been drawn in the first round, we would not have been able to field the team on Thursday night. That's the first round. Mm-hmm. And then the subsequent teams play on Sunday. Um, you know, we talked about, do we just adopt an ultra defensive system of play and just like sit in and try to survive the game and maybe get the penalties. And we talked about that with some of the senior leaders and everybody was united. Let's go for this. We know it's been a tough week, but let's try. And you know that you could say on one hand, maybe that was a bit naive, mm-hmm. but we didn't want to just concede the game. And as you know, in coaching, when you knowing now what happened and how that played out, maybe we could have made a different decision, but hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Um, so it was really, you know, I felt so badly for the guys, especially for the the commitment that they'd all shown through the year to not have a chance to adequately compete was, mm-hmm. was tough to take. Leaves that sense of unfinished business yet again. I know there will be a lot of guys coming back hoping to build upon that. Sure. Uh, but in some ways, too, you can look at it as any student athlete in that situation. Hey, we left it all out there. We played our game. Yeah. We left it all out there, even though we just didn't have enough in the tank. Yeah. And I think in the first half, we were we had some competitive moments. Um and we kept the game, you know, competitive. And then Hofstra scored early. Mm-hmm. And for about 15, 20 minutes, we lost our way. And we just, I think we were just physically and emotionally drained at that point. Uh, and the game got, yeah. you know, out of hand. But that, in the few days after that, I'll be honest, it was tough to kind of, you know, kind of look back and say, oh, wait, wait, it was a good season. But we, we actually had a nice team dinner kind of banquet last Friday. And it was really wonderful to get together again, celebrate the achievements and say, you know what? we've talked about this before, you've got to look at the four months, the the two years we've gone through COVID mm-hmm. and to come out of that with, you know, all the, uh, the accomplishments that this group of student athletes, athletes have put together. I think we can't be anything but delighted and proud of this group. And I'll give you a situation that I think very much resembles that announcing for the men's hockey team in 2019, 2020, they won the Big Ten regular season championship. We're set up to host the Big Ten tournament championship at Pagula. We're set up to host the NCAA regionals in Allentown with an opportunity to go to the Frozen Four. Well, obviously, everyone knows what happened in March of 2020. But to me, at least then in that spot, even though you didn't get a chance to compete in the postseason, for them to have won the regular season championship, at least there's something tangible there then to say, and I think this could apply to your team. Hey, we won the Big Ten regular season and tournament championship. At least you have those moments now, even though the circumstances in the end were a little bit out of your control. I think it makes those more valuable in some way. No, they were, and I've said that they were, the circumstances were completely out of our control, even though as a coach, you want control. Yep. You search for control. <laughs> and in soccer, you often don't have it. There's no timeouts. But no one can ever take these trophies away from yep. us. Um, and what happened the week leading up to the game, it happened. I don't think there's anyone to blame. I've said this to our medical team, our team doctor, Rebecca Waldinger, our trainer, Matt Armisad, Wayne Sebastianelli. I mean, the, the links we went to to mm-hmm. get these guys healthy. And by the way, we were not the only team dealing with this. Yeah. That can stay private. <laughs> this is a men's soccer podcast, but there were a lot of teams suffering. Well, I think everyone knows what the football team went Correct. through that weekend. That's at least public yeah. knowledge. Well, so. that led to a shortage of IV solution. Literally, we had mm-hmm. to order additional bags uh, of IV drips to get these guys hydrated. Wow. 
And so just because it didn't turn out mm-hmm. and there's no, you know, there's no Rudy story at the end of this one, <laughs> yeah. we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't, we did not advance. And uh, as you mentioned, Hofstra's a great team and, and deserve to win on that day, but it doesn't take away from my appreciation for what uh, the team behind the team did to give our guys the chance to get on the field, which in and of itself was an accomplishment, just fielding a team. Uh, and it felt just so it, it felt exactly like fall semester 2020 where we had a lot of COVID cases. We had contact tracing, we had quarantining, you know, it was right. You were just like thrown right back into that. Mm-hmm. And I hope for the good of society, for the good of our community that we can get out of the situation and, and get back to living normally. Cause it's the emotional toll is significant. Well, this group that you've had has been together a long time and this was a, a senior class and upperclassmen that were committed to bringing a championship to Penn state. And it was a process for you to get there from the time you stepped on campus and you build and you build and you build. And now how do you continue to build off this? What's the next step now as there will be some changing faces, but that's the nature of college sports today. There's always going to be changing faces even more so now than maybe in the past. (laughs) There will be. And one of the the core values of our program is to leave a legacy. Mm -hmm. And and we look back at the inspiration that the, the, the guys you mentioned, Pierre Reedy, Brandon Hackenberg, Keegan Ness, uh, you know, Dax Hoffman, these guys leave behind a legacy of not only the on-field accolades, but what the, you know, the fans don't see is the day-to-day commitment, the, the navigating classes and exams and other pressures of, of real life to also compete at the level they're competing at in we just feel now we have to use that inspiration to fuel us to make that run. And what I've said to the group, and I really believe this to my core, every time this program since I've arrived has been issued a challenge, they have responded. So 2019, second you know, place in, in the Big Ten. We actually had more points in 2019 and spring of 2020 and didn't win it. 21, the spring season, we, we lose on penalty kicks in the conference final. We get to the Sweet 16, and now we have, you know, the target's there, right? It's pretty well-defined at this point, a run in the NCAA tournament. You know, get to the College Cup, and this group, I think, will be very determined. We're, like any good coaching staff or any, we're working hard on recruiting. And we're also looking forward, I want to I want to stress that we're looking forward to the spring semester. That's a key time for player development. Yeah and growth and we take that very seriously our student athletes take it very seriously so i think while we love competing i think that opportunity to really hone in and focus on development is going to be time well spent this upcoming spring semester well coach we could go on for another 45 minutes to an hour and discuss how you approach those discussions about with eligibility and still that extra COVID year, who comes back, who doesn't, how do you work on recruiting, what the transfer portal is like, but I think we have the spring to talk about that. So I think this is a good spot to wrap it up for today. Well, always a pleasure. I look forward to those discussions and uh, I want to wish all of our teams at Penn State competing uh, now and into the spring semester the best of luck. I'm really proud to be here at Penn State and it's a pleasure to be with you. Well, we're really proud to have you here at Penn State. Congratulations on an amazing season. Big Ten Coach of the Year, Big Ten Regular Season and Tournament Championship. And congratulations and thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Penn State men's soccer head coach Jeff Cook with us here this week on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a happy holiday. And we will talk to you in 2022 here on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. 
Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics.